The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Ireland is unfortunately no stranger to hospital waiting times and their dismal implications for public health. A lesser known element of the crisis, though, is the strain on home help, with over 6,000 people currently on a waiting list for healthcare support at home. Ireland's ageing population will be increasingly reliant on home help, and Labour Party TD Duncan Smith is calling for the HSE recruitment freeze to be lifted so that waiting times are reduced now rather than later. And Duncan Smith is with me in studio. Duncan, good morning. Morning, Pat. Uh, this is like a, a chain reaction, isn't it? Um, you, you've got people who are waiting for home help. Where are those people? They're in a combination of places. Many of them are still on hospital wards uh, awaiting discharge. They're and we ready. have a number, don't we? we uh, it, it oscillates in around 500. Uh, and how many people are on trolleys currently? In around 500. Okay, so if crisis. people could be moved on appropriately... The trolley crisis kind of disappears. Yeah, and this is the link we're trying to make. I mean, our, our health service is a chain. People come into our acute hospitals, they're delayed in accessing the service, and we know there's a delay in getting out. The trolley crisis, we see a lot of us have experienced it, either ourselves or with family members, less so have experienced the delayed discharge, and less so, again, the, uh, have yeah. had to receive home now, care. You don't even know uh, about delayed discharge necessarily. You don't hear about no. those uh, figures unless you're acquainted with someone who's been told, we need you out of here. And they say, we've nowhere to go. That's ex- that's exactly it. And again, uh, there's two main areas for, where people go for uh, uh, if they need further care. That is to a nursing home or step-down facility or ideally to their home where they will need some supports. Um, and if we could get those two right, and what I'm speaking now is the home supports, then we would ease pressure on our acute hospitals and that would have a further okay. downstream. Now, effect. there are people in nursing homes who could manage at home with a little help. So they're occupying the nursing home bed that the person who needs a little more help still as they recover, they should be in a nursing home, but there's no room in the nursing home. That's exactly it as well. And we're still trying to, it's almost impossible to get accurate figures for that as well. But we know anecdotally that that's definitely the case. And we're hearing that from the nursing home providers themselves. So this is a huge problem in in our health service uh, towards that end of our health service. It predominantly affects older people, but not necessarily. We have younger people with chronic illnesses who Mm. just need a little bit of help at home as well. Now, the people who are looking for home help, some, as you mentioned, are in nursing homes. Some are still in acute hospitals mm. occupying a bed mm. that is inappropriate for mm. their, their current needs. The rest of them, and there must be thousands, how are they managing? They're, they're, they're at home and they're being looked after uh, through help of family, uh, friends, neighbours, um, you know, which is unsustainable, which is, you know, putting pressure on those families. And that's where I would get an awful lot of representations locally uh, and many politicians would themselves. So the health service is relying on an awful lot of generosity and family love to do the job that could be done in a very cost effective way if they get the system right. By yeah. the, by, I by mean, the they're not service. going to be getting someone who's there nine to six. That's not what the home help no. service by and large does. But it might mean a daily visit on the weekdays or maybe a twice daily visit for an hour or two in the morning and the afternoon, get someone addressed and ready and fed and so on. That's might be all it would entail. The cost of that versus a day in a hospital bed. Uh, the the cost of that versus a, a day in a hospital bed is uh, it, it's about eighty percent more expensive for a day in a hospital bed. It eighty five percent more expensive for a day in a hospital bed. It's it's so cost effective to provide the care at home. Uh, on on average, it's uh, the, the twenty the the costs at about twenty eight euro an hour for the or thirty one euro an hour. Sorry for the private or voluntaries to provide that care. Yeah, I think your sums might be a little bit off there. A hospital bed, if you if you were charged for it, could cost you hundreds 
of euro a night. Yeah, we're, we're again, these so, figures are very, so very So therefore, if it's, if it's two hours a day or three hours a day, it's still under 100 euro. Massively. Like it's, 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 it's massively cheaper it's to massively, do it at home. It's massively cheaper to do it at home. But we do have a problem in terms of recruitment of home care workers. There is a, a sense uh, amongst the workers that they're undervalued. And this has come across in the cross-party, cross-departmental working group on it. They're underpaid. Uh, there's no real progression in the industry. We want to bring home care assistance up to the level of healthcare assistance in hospitals okay. so that they're valued and feel that there's a career for them. Okay, rather. so there is a career and you can be a supervisor, you mm-hmm. can go on and, and so forth. Um, how much of the home care currently is actually HSE, official home care, permanent pensionable jobs of the HSE until retirement and how much is private? Uh, 40% of the 53,000 uh, people in receipt of home care are provided directly by the HSE. 60% are provided by a combination of private companies and voluntary organisations, so Section 39 organisations. So uh, almost two-thirds is provided by the, the private sector and the voluntary sector and presumably families mucking in as well. Absolutely. And with the recruitment freeze now in the HSE, there'll be more pressure now on the voluntaries and privates as well. And that's where the wages are lower. There has been some work to bring uh, wages up to a living wage in, in the private and voluntary sector. However, we still don't have uh, mileage being paid in that sector, which again adversely affects those in rural areas if you're trying to get a worker from caring from Miss Murphy in one village to Miss Smith in another village the distance is a, is a huge problem and that means that one of those people won't be getting the care so it's a huge array of problems and just one other one that I want to say is we still don't have a statutory definition of what home care provides so you and mm-hmm. I could set up a company tomorrow and just pick a list of services we want to provide uh, based on you know what we feel is easy or profitable that's not a way we need a defined list so that the people that need these services know what services they're going to get. Here's a text. HSE home health workers are paid almost 40% more than private sector workers and they only work Monday to Friday 8 until 5 due to the union agreements they have. Other providers are paid less by the HSE to do the weekends, the evening, the overnight hours for less money. It's no wonder there's a shortage of workers. That's from Mike Ryan in Dublin 18. Uh, that, that that is true. Now, uh, some HSC workers I know work to work to late, but there is that Monday to Friday element. The after hours and the weekends is then picked up by those the volunteers or privates. Again, but you'd be a supporter of unions, and if unions are actually operating a system that is not good for the patient, you can't stand over that. Well, it's the HSC that are operating that. The unions have been fighting for better pay in the private and voluntary sector, and are what we are supporting. We're asking for an employment regulation order, which again the big private and voluntaries want. They want to be. To be able to provide better wages, to be able to provide better terms and conditions that are up at the HSE levels, so that we do have twenty-four seven-day-a-week or well, seven-day-a-week care that's at the same standard. Yeah. Now, like if I was to sorry, just yeah, Pat, if what? I was to if I was to fix this problem, I wouldn't be starting from this point where I'd have forty percent provided by the state and sixty percent outsourced. I would like it predominantly, if not all, provided by the state. But we're not there, so we have to fix okay. the problems. Okay, and, that and, and I was coming to that uh, because we do this with uh, creches and all the rest. Yep. We farm out a lot of stuff that. Mm properly should be done by the state uh, to the private sector. Uh, The uh, implications of this, though, if uh, the workers in the private sector were to be paid the same amount as the HSE workers, obviously the people who organise it, uh, they're in it for profit. And, you know, no one begrudges people an, an orderly profit, shall we say, a reasonable profit, but it makes it more expensive. Why do you think the HSE does not want to have 53,000 care workers on their books? Um, 
I, I don't know. I don't know. Is I think they probably. I think they probably want problems, to reduce their maternity leave, holidays, they, uh, da 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 da, and mileage, which yeah, they'd have to pay their. The outsourcing uh, uh, services is unfortunately uh, we've seen a massive increase in that. We want in the Labour Party want to see a reduction in that we want to see it come back into state services. We know that it's more cost effective from a bottom line point of view, but it's not good for workers. It's not good for the people that require the service at all. And we still have people on waiting lists. The system is not working now. The big providers out there in the voluntaries and privates want more regulation. They want employment regulation orders to ensure they can attract staff. The HSC need to be doing more. There are recruitment freeze that we have in the HSE now is only going to compound the issue. Up until the recruitment freeze, the HSE had an ongoing recruitment drive for home care support workers given the fact that it's it's so it's it's been so difficult to attract them. Do you think them. that uh, the HSE might when they are faced with the bill if the conditions for the private workers are brought up to match those uh, for HSE and I cannot see any reasons in equity why that should not be so. Mm. I mean, you're doing the same work mm. and possibly even doing more antisocial hours than they do within the HSE workforce. Um, the implication will be that the bills from these private providers will will go up. And therefore, when they look at those bills, might they be saying, well, we could do more of this in-house and save money? Might well, they? They might. And that, that, I think that would be, if we're, if we're at that place, we're in a good place that the HSC are looking at those, uh, at, at those calculations. But we have a huge variation of care that's provided up to and including like uh, uh, kind of clinical care. Like we have some care providers that will provide stoma services or, or put eye drops in. There's others that won't. We can't have that disparity in the service for people in their home. People deserve. So therefore you have to have competence. You've got to have proper training because uh, you're mentioning stoma care. That is uh, a sophisticated thing. Uh, Thing. You don't want it to go wrong. No, no, absolutely. And that's what we want to see comments. We want to see a career pathway here. We want to see what was done in the childcare sector with an employment regulation order, which we work with SIP to brought in. That's what we want to see in this sector. We want to value it, value the workers. If we value the workers and pay them well, they have good terms and conditions. Ultimately, the people that will benefit will be the ones mm-hmm. that need the care in their and home. To what extent do you think that this pay freeze across all sectors, or recruitment freeze, I should say, across all sectors is um, just trying to get at the government? You know, rather than say money by doing fundamental reform of the HSE. They say, oh, you haven't given us enough money, therefore we're going to stop recruitment, even though we need people badly. We're not going to do this. And it's really just a way of embarrassing the government into giving them more cash, which, you know, a lot of frontline people will say is squandered on ridiculous bureaucracy. Yeah, but again, it's the frontline people and it's the frontline services that are subject to this recruitment freeze and they're ultimately the ones that are going to suffer and those on the frontline who need that care. I think there is an element of that and I think that's a huge problem. We know that there's ongoing yearly tension between the HSE and the Department of Health. Uh, We can't see these pitch battles being fought. We need a strong health service. We need it to be regulated. We need to, money needs to follow the patient. Uh, But we we can't go into 2024 with an underfunded health service. It just uh, bothers me that uh, someone who who needs that uh, acute bed, uh, which will cost maybe 800 a night or whatever it is, and the person in that acute bed for the sake of 100 euro uh, a night can be at home in the place where they want to be. Exactly, in comfort and around their right. family. I'll read you some of the comments coming in, uh, most of which uh, agree with you. Uh, my mum was in hospital for longer than necessary because of the lack of available care. The package was signed off on, but nobody available for a number of weeks. That would have changed her outcome uh, or delayed recovery. A bigger problem coming down the road with this ageing population and being kept or returned to home, which is vital for good recovery. I agree 100% with Duncan, but it's the same across all health care. If the government invested more in GP practice, 
promise at least 30 to 40% of hospital admissions would be preventable. General practice at breaking point, so people are being redirected to hospital care. That's from Emer and Donegal. We had to get extra home care for my dad. Very expensive and we were paying for an hour, but they usually only stayed 20 minutes. Training in looking after older people was very poor. Standards have to be improved. That's the point Duncan was making there. That's from Ronan. HSE Home Help bizarrely are paid their weekly salary even if not on a full workload. This is in the HSE. The workers actually look for extra cases and are refused. I heard that from one of the carers. One spoke up for a colleague to get more cases and one of hers was taken and given. Don't read out my name, which I'm happy not to do. Uh, Delighted to hear about the home care conversation. If the Fair Deal scheme covered private home care costs, this would free up many nursing home beds, enabling people to live longer in their own homes. That's from Tom in Cork. There's zero progression for health care assistance in the HSE. I work as a support worker in a HSE-funded facility in the disability sector. The workload and role expansion is off the charts for the same pay. Senior model have little or no regard for us and nurses primarily want office jobs. The sector is in a mess. A recent staff survey had 20% either witnessed or had been bullied. No recruitment of staff. People don't want these jobs anymore. So many calls coming in on all of this. Yeah, uh, look, I mean, we, we have you have huge issues in terms of the workforce as well. 63% of the workforce are over 55 years of age. It's heavily gendered towards women uh, as well, and that can impact... Would the, applying the fair care. deal to home care work? I, 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 I'd have to go through the detail of it, but I think that's an interesting suggestion and it's something we should examine. But can I just mention one point I think it's important? These waiting lists, I dealt with a case recently and we had a woman whose mother was on a, a waiting list for nine plus months and when I looked into it myself, I found out that when they filled out the form, they said her mother needed uh, medication at 8 o'clock in the morning. She didn't need it at 8 o'clock in the morning. That's where she got it. But the family just were, thought they were doing their best. By just She just needed the medication at some point in the morning. Once we removed that, she was able to get a home care package oh. in a couple of weeks. That's down to education that's and understanding. Gra- that, that's granular too. You that's, know. that's granular, but it is. it, it, it shows just how uh, difficult it is for people to navigate the home care system as it exists at the moment. All right, uh, Duncan, a very interesting conversation and one that could be rectified, one suspects, without uh, too much heartbreak for anyone uh, concerned and great uh, uh, joy for those who would finally get to be at home where they want to be. Duncan Smith, Labour TD, uh, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with a V. Viva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.